you may have realized that being healthy feels different than it did in the past now that you're over 50. If you want to maximize your health potential but don't have time to read through overwhelming pages of Google links, this is the show for you. Welcome to Healthy Tips After 50. We love doing the research, finding solutions, talking to health experts, and learning what works and what doesn't. Now, your host. She spent the last 25 years dedicated to feeling her best and is here to share her best findings with you, Susan Rosen. Hello, everyone. Here I am again, Susan Rosen. And today I have a, a very interesting guest. Um, yeah, you. And uh, it's, it's going to be a real interesting interesting podcast because it's been fun just before we even pushed on the record button so so hold on to your seats for this one guys okay so my guest is joseph templin and you go by joe I go by joe i'm only okay. only when i'm in trouble is it joseph <laughs> okay <laughs> and um i'm actually gonna let joe introduce himself because he has such an interesting background and um, experience, list of experience that I'm, I think it's better for him to kind of just, I'm sure he can go through it a lot faster than me trying to just read it all off of the screen. Oh, I was just going to make oh, some stuff there you up. Go. Okay, that, no. that works. And you're setting the bar so far away up here, Susan. I mean, like, can you set it down low so I can just trip over it like normal? So... <laughs> I'm Joe. Uh, I wrote a book called Everyday Excellence. And the book is actually the output of over 30 years of very interesting experiences and uh, going on multiple different paths. One way that I explain it sometimes is that our life is like a video game. And we have this big adventure that we're on. But throughout the thing, there are these side quests that we go on. And sometimes the side quests are just there to have fun. But most often, those side quests, we don't realize it, but we're getting resources and skills that help us in our main quest overall. And so every misadventure in the past has been a learning experience for me to get better, to be able to be where I am here today, and hopefully even better in the future, to be able to help other individuals out. I'm the former uh, gifted kid who decided that what I was supposed to do in life was not what I wanted to do. I started college at 13 because my parents said 12 was too young to start college. Uh, then I went and worked for the Department of Defense doing research in a physics lab, really cool uh, optics type stuff that everybody's utilizing today and decide eh, that's not what I want to be doing with my life. So I took a side detour into financial planning from there went into consulting, economics, behavioral economics and writing. And somewhere along the line, I decided that I was going to be a world champion in martial arts, uh, started running because I hate running and picked up a couple of ultra marathons, had a couple of kids along the way. And that's where we are today. I think that encompasses it sort of. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so, and why, what brought you to writing Everyday Excellence? A uh, car I drove on in. But that's not important right now. A car you what? Did what? I drove in. But that's not important right now. Sorry, I oh, sometimes okay. airplane people. Uh, but 
as I said, I've got this very eclectic background, yeah. physics, yeah. finance, philosophy, yeah. Yeah. and interests. Yeah. And my brain in some ways is like a super saturated solution. So mm -hmm. I've got all these different things that I've, I've got a high curiosity factor. So all these things have just been stuck in my brain. And one of my friends who's an attorney is like, dude, you're not an advisor. You're not a consultant. You're not even really right. You're like a guru. You should like just run my life. And I laughed at him. And, oh yeah, right. Whatever. And, but that was another like step. Seed. Yeah. Yes. Almost like the seed crystal, because if you have a super saturated solution, it stays that way. It's actually holding too much stuff in it, whether mm -hmm. it's sugar dissolved in water or a cloud that's getting ready to have the cloud burst or the human brain with just so much stuff in it. And then you have that Satori event, that seed crystal, which literally then causes everything to come on out. Mm -hmm. And so last year on uh, March 24th, actually, I remember it because it's one of my close friends' birthdays. I was downstairs working out. I was throwing around the kettlebells and I was listening to some Black Sabbath and some Jocko Willink going simultaneously because I have to multitask being ADHD. And yeah. all of a sudden I was like, wow, whoa, okay. Excellence is a daily habit. And every day excellence requires every day doing the right things to slowly change your curve or mm -hmm. compound over time. And literally I put the kettlebell down, ran upstairs, sat down and brain dumped out the basic idea of the book uh -huh. and the overarching structure. And so that moment was 30 plus years in the making. And then came yeah. the hard parts of writing the book and then eventually editing, marketing and all that, which yeah. is an entire yeah. another adventure. I bet. <laughs> yes it's like birthing a kid <laughs> i haven't done that one so i can't talk well about neither it. have i actually i've never i've never done that but yeah but it's but the same it, kind of you know in a lot of ways it is similar because yeah you you have this nine month or so lead up you have this big seminal event where it's a lot of pain a lot of push and that's done and then you got another 18 years worth of learning new things and new adventures and some heartbreak and mm -hmm. some super highs. And that's what's like after yeah. the book is technically done, right? when you have to edit and market and go and do all these other things to try and then take your baby and grow it into a yeah. functional human being or a functional contributing member of the literary society yeah yeah oh, exactly exactly That's a good analogy I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I, and as you said not having done it myself i you know it's all from the outside um i have one i have one um um ask for you can you move your thing a little bit you're you're doing a little it's better thing. yeah i think so Maybe I just wanted to like hang out with some cats. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> did I mention that like I'm sort of ADHD? Oh uh, yeah, you did. Okay. <laughs> that's okay. It's just a different way. It's just a different way of paying attention. That's all. That's right. And yeah, you know, as I tell my autistic son, it's not 
better or worse, it's just different. So you have to understand how you learn, how you process, how you function, and be able to still function within the normal constraints of society because you have to live in that world, but you should be able to ultimately do it your own way and succeed on your own path. Yes, yes. So things like, you know, here's my work for the day. Every single day, mm-hmm. I take a business, an index card, and I write down the top four or five things that I need to accomplish that day. Uh-huh. And uh, I can then go about my day in a little free-flowing way. So every single day, there's certain things that I do. Like I get up, I work out, I read every single morning, I write for a half hour or an hour using some habit stacking techniques from James Clear, you know, uh-huh. things like that. But okay, these are things that are somewhat unique to this day that are needed to advance me on that overall quest in life. Mm -hmm. So I need to take care of this work. I've got to take care of stuff for the autism society retreat. So doing something like this allows me to look at the most critical activities for the day and take Mm -hmm. care of them so that you can be productive as opposed Mm -hmm. to just being busy. That's, that's great. Yeah. No, I think that's a wonderful way of doing it because I, I know even just for myself, I mean, there are there are days I have my list of what I'm going to do and then I get back to it and it's like, okay, I got through half of them at the end of the day and what did I do with the rest of my time? <laughs> and also, how do you feel at that point? You're yeah. not getting closure, not getting the accomplishment. So it might make sense to have less things on your list so that you can do a better job on them and you don't have the anxiety that comes around having this, you know, 20 page thing of stuff I've got to do. Oh, geez. But rather something short, three to four or five, you take care of them. You finish them by the end of the morning and then you're mentally in the bonus round and Uh then you can make another list of nice to do's. Yeah but they're not necessarily the critical things. And so that allows you to be able to have a better mental feedback loop in terms of doing this. Mm-hmm. No, and that makes, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. And, and also not feeling um, like you're getting behind, like you're falling behind, mm-hmm. you know, because you're not getting everything done on your list. And so it's got to go over to the next day. Right. Right. or not and so this is one of the things at all yes and you know it's it just sits there and eats at you like one of the things that the stoics talk about is doing mm-hmm. the essential things mm-hmm. so if you look at the essential things are associated with your business your volunteer work your life and all that mm-hmm. look at the pareto principle 80 yeah. percent of what you're doing is relatively unimportant so if you right. can focus on doing the 20% that actually produces 80% of the results, mm-hmm. you plow through those, yeah. then you can focus on the next level of things. Yeah, no, and that makes that makes a lot of sense. Definitely. I have to keep reminding myself of that. <laughs> I used to be a lot better <laughs> about it. As I've gotten older, I get more lax on all this stuff. <laughs> Hey, as my, my dad's in his early 80s and he says, I'm going to just focus on the most important things. So yeah. whether it's his, you know, bridge meeting for that day, going mm-hmm. to church for that day or these things, his list is short. He takes care of it. He's like anything beyond that. That's just bonus. And yeah, that's right. the way that he's operated for a while. And so it's been a very good influence on me is looking mm-hmm. at the attitude of somebody who 
has been very successful, but is not the hyper driven sort of individual that I am. He's been very successful, but I'm off the chart when it comes to how driven I am overall for various reasons. If you want, I can lay on the couch and we can psychoanalyze me. But uh, um, so I have had to learn to pull back and realize not everything has to be perfect all the time in a lot of ways. And having, you know, kids is always a great influence on this because no matter what your plans are, they will best live up. (laughs) Oh, school's canceled again today because of COVID. Oh, I have a sick one and, you know, these big meetings. Oh, you know, you decided that, you know, you were going to throw up this morning or what have you. So being able to still accomplish what you need to, but be more Mm -hmm. flexible around it, but still Mm -hmm. driven and be able to be hyper-focused when you have to do stuff, that is a true balancing act of different skill sets that a lot of people have different components of it, but we all have the capability of being better across that spectrum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, and I think the thing that come out of that, if people do start paying attention to it, is realizing what is important to you. That is the most important thing because we can work incredibly hard on something that's important to somebody else and it's not feeding our spirit. So this is that job that just beats you down where it might be paying you a lot of money or it might be giving you the benefits that you need or what have you, but it's not advancing you as a human being. It's not Mm -hmm. regenerative. So it, it takes away your spirit and your strength. So Tim Ferriss, the author, talks about eustress and distress. And this is something Mm -hmm. that I talk about on a regular basis. Distress is where your body is signaling negatively. You're producing cortisol. You're getting tired. It takes a lot of emotional and physical energy. Eustress is where you're charged up. I have trouble sleeping on Sunday nights because I'm so excited to come to work on Monday mornings. Uh In my free time, I don't sit on the couch and eat Cheetos. I go out and I do martial arts or I'm training for an ultra marathon. Actually, I'm not right now because I got a broken leg. Uh, Uh-oh. But yeah, <laughs> so it, it's wonderful. It's uh, a whole nother story, I can tell. <laughs> yeah, and forced rest is not a good thing for me. So mm-hmm. it, I do these things that other people would consider very stressful But to me, they actually are a form of recharge because when I'm running, I'm not having to talk to individuals. I can think, but it's not the forced discipline of sitting there and writing all that. So I'm allowed to essentially play in my mind while my Uh body's doing other things. So Uh it's a very different sort of work but it is a counterbalancing to the normal things that I do. Mm -hmm. And it allows me to be better. So with your listeners, in terms of resilience, one of the things that works really, really well is having these hobbies that are so different than what you're doing in terms of your normal work environment. And it gives you this outlet and recharge. And one of the things that they'll notice over time is that they can draw from these other spaces, these hobbies, these interests, and apply them towards their primary focus and actually improve it by dispersing their energy. Wow. Okay. No, that makes a lot of sense. 
that makes a lot of sense. I think a lot of people do that, but don't even realize what it is that they're doing or, or why. And so being a little bit more conscious about why we do some things. I mean, you don't have to go and micromanage everything because I'm certainly not good at that, but applying some metacognitive skills at, around why do I do this? Why is this important to me? Then we'll allow them to extract the most important components from that, the key lessons, the pearls, as I often call right. them, that can then be used in another space or arena. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, 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 that makes that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. So now that you have your everyday excellence out there and in the world, um, what are you working on? Is there a follow-up? Is there some kind of a program that you're putting together? What do you there's, what are there's you always do with a follow-up? Well, of course. This is well, this is one of the things uh a lot of people have satiating needs so i'm hungry i eat and it's done i'm tired i sleep i'm done i'm working towards x and then i'm finished kobe bryant actually said that the most depressed he ever was in his life was the day after he won his first nba championship because that's what the goal had been for that's decades right. yeah 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 and yeah. he learned to change his focus to not just win the championship but his focus then became to become one of the greatest ever. And he changed his practice strategy, his learning strategy, his mm. approach to everything. So mm. it wasn't about winning a championship. It was becoming a multi-champion. It was yeah. getting the best out of himself and others. And that mindset he took into his other endeavors outside the baseball world. And it's very basketball. unfortunate. Basketball, thank you. <laughs> Sorry, it, it's that's getting okay. to be almost time for baseball season. And since yeah, there's the lockout, I'm concerned about yeah. it. No, huge Yankees fan, diehard Yankees fan. Oh, okay. So it's a little bit tragic that he ended up passing on because he was so well positioned to have a second life beyond basketball in so many different capacities where his abilities would have translated into tremendous wealth yes but giving to others and what people could yeah. learn from the mindset that had made him spectacular he would have been a great coach beyond the basketball court because right. he could teach others the concepts that helped make him successful uh-huh yeah and so this whole idea of learning about yourself and what drives you and how to extract information and insight from other spaces is one of the things that I find very interesting. So going mm -hmm. back to your question, actually, Susan, because yes, I sometimes remember the thread is everyday excellence is a tool. Mm -hmm. It's a multivitamin for people's lives, as I say. And mm -hmm. so health is across all sorts of dimensions. We have our physical health, we have our mental health, we have our relational health, and it is an ongoing process. As Zeno Saitiam said, well-being is no small thing, but it's composed of small steps. Mm. And so part of my mission is continuous improvement mm -hmm. and seeing how far I can take myself, whether it's intellectually, physically, 
emotionally, spiritually, in terms of how I can impact other individuals. And so I want to be able to bring this out there and have a ripple effect across the society, essentially. The more people that we can reach out with and have them have some of these discussions, whether they buy the book or not, but if they can start making these micro changes, these improved little decisions throughout their day and week in life, that's going to tremendously bend the curve, not just for them, their family, their work, their community. And if we have millions of individuals focused on this, what is that going to do for our society over the next three to five to 10 years? Yeah. And by no, the way, I, yeah, I, there's more books and stuff like that down the road. Related or not related? Um, sort of the same sort of concept. Okay. Because when I, uh, after I wrote the book, I was looking uh -huh. back to see what are some of the core concepts? What is this mm. built around? And mm -hmm. how does this reflect me and my philosophy? Uh -huh. And it hit me, not quite like the thunderbolt of writing the book, uh -huh. but in discussions with a couple of friends who have very different mindsets from mine in a lot of ways. And it comes down to my real credo, and I actually call it a credo because I believe excellence as opposed to convenience. Mm. There's a story of Hercules when he was just a regular demigod before he went on the various adventures and had his 12 labors. And he came to a crossroads. And on one path was a goddess giving him earthly pleasures. He would basically rule as a king. He would have all of his desires, everything that he wanted, a life of ease. And within three generations, his name would be forgotten. Hmm. The other path was the path of the trials, the hmm. difficulties, his 12 labors, loss, pain, suffering by choice. But that path led to immortality, to him taking his place among the Greek gods. And Hercules, when faced with this, chose the more difficult route. Everybody is faced with choices. We have someplace between 50 and 80,000 thoughts per day. We make somewhere around 10,000 individual decisions every single day, whether it's everything from what to eat to how to drive, all these decisions. Yeah. So 10,000-ish per day. And they break down to every single one of these has two potential ways, the easy path or the right path. Mm. The right path is almost always harder. It's longer, it's more difficult, it requires energy, it requires time, it requires sacrifice. But the easy path, you keep taking the easy path and you end up in the bad place. Physically, emotionally, as I say, you know, if you sit there eating Cheetos and donuts every single day, yeah, it's fun and it, it's the easy thing, but guess what? You're gonna have all sorts of negative health outcomes, long range, mental outcomes, financial outcomes, or you can put on your running shoes and go outside even for a couple of minutes, you can say, no, I'm not gonna have this donut. And I love donuts. I love donuts. Okay. <coughs> so, you know, I can say, no, I'm not gonna have a donut unless I do 10 mm -hmm. miles. Yeah. I, I've had one donut in the past eight weeks. Uh -huh. Right. And mm -hmm. 
but it's I'm going to choose to do the harder thing because it's going to be better for me in terms of my outcome. And the harder thing, if you're dealing with intense depression or emotional issues, might be just getting out of bed and having a shower. That's harder than staying in bed, but that is a much better choice. The harder choice might be if you're running a business to pick up the phone and call a potential client. It might be to sit there and actually write for five minutes because of the cathartic nature of writing, as opposed to just sitting there and ignoring what's bothering you. Having that difficult conversation with a friend who's pissing you off because you perceive that they're taking the easy route the entire time Mm -hmm. and you don't like where they're going long range with that. You know, telling your kid, no, you're going to learn to tie your own shoes. I could tie his shoes. You know, and I could keep tying his shoes and keep tying his shoes. And then eventually you've got a 19 year old who doesn't know how to tie their shoes like we're seeing in colleges these days. Okay, really? snowplow parents create these problems because they make it too easy for their kids. They're allowing their kid to always take the easy path. Mm-hmm. We need to give them some obstacles so that they learn to be resilient, so that they learn to overcome, so that they learn the value of hard work. So growing up right. on a farm, if you didn't work, you didn't eat. I like to eat, so therefore I learned to work. Okay, that's one of the reasons I'm an entrepreneur because I work very hard and it's just in my nature. I still get up at five o'clock in the morning, basically no matter what, and start going. So that harder route actually makes life easier in the long range. Mm, right. No, no, that 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 makes a lot of sense because otherwise, when hard things come up, you don't know you don't know how to deal with them. So if and you so, start early in learning how to do that. And you learn not just your skill set in terms of uh-huh. how to do things, but your will set. If mm-hmm. you develop that will set, the obstacle becomes the way, as they say, in the, uh, Ryan Holiday, one of his books is called right. The Obstacle is the Way for yeah. that reason. So you learn that this is just another challenge. I can overcome this. Same way if you're lifting weights, Mm -hmm. you can lift bigger weights over time because you put yourself in that situation where you're close to failure over and over again. Mm. This is how you grow your skill set and your ability in anything, whether it's music, writing, cooking. I mean, I've made some meals that were absolutely horrible and almost inedible. And (laughs) eventually you learn to make stuff that's better. Or you learn, yeah. you know what? I'm not even going to try and make that sort of stuff. Yeah. So there are certain things, like for example, I cannot make a crepe save my life. It yeah. just always comes out as you know a Rorschach test. That it, <laughs> okay? But I will make Indian food. I'll make all sorts of other things. Don't uh-huh. ask me to make crepes. All right. So, but we've determined that because I tried and tried. And it's like okay, I, I can do it in a pinch, but your skill sets grow because as a five-year-old, I couldn't cook anything because five-year-olds generally shouldn't be, but you evolve in this. We are all on this train. As I talked about earlier, these Mm -hmm. side quests where you learn Mm -hmm. these things, these ultimately all contribute to your great story. And as Steve Jobs said, you have to only look back to see the story arc because mm-hmm. as we're in the story, as we're moving along, we can't see how the dots connect. Right. <clears throat> yeah. No, that, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So we'll come back around here and and um and how does your book support? How does it it 
work and helping people to do so, all these things you've been talking about? One of the things is that the book is designed to be a little bit like the Oracle of Delphi in mm -hmm. that you will take away from it what you need. Okay. Because we are all looking at the world through our own lens, our own reticular oh God, activation yeah. system. Mm -hmm. So where I am today versus where I was when I was writing the, today's day of the book yeah. nine months ago, slightly different mindset. So when I go back and I read it, I'm taking something out of that. Somebody who's going through an emotional situation with their children mm -hmm. will look at it very differently than somebody who's going through an emotional situation through work. And it's mm -hmm. designed to be that so that every single day somebody can look at it and find one thing mm -hmm. that they can work on to help themselves on that day. And if we're having this continuous improvement across multiple dimensions, whether today you're grabbing something for your mental health, tomorrow it's something in terms of your communication skills, another day it's something in terms of your work related. If you can continuously improve in one area every single day while not declining in your other ones, mm -hmm. looking back over a month, three months, six months, the growth of the individual overall their strength, their resiliency is going to be a massive improvement. And so every single day, the book has a quote from somebody, yeah. then about a page of discussion around that, where we go into some analysis and present different ideas, maybe some other quotes that reflect it. But then there's an action item. Right. Every single day, there's an action item because too many books are theoretical. They're like, mm -hmm. ooh, think this, ooh. And, but there's no call to action in the end and the stoics talk about not being a pen and ink philosopher where you actually do things yeah and motivation actually comes from the word motivate movement so having something that's actually done whether it's something little like smiling at five people today or yeah. something more complex and difficult like writing down every reason while you're upset with somebody and crossing them off the list and saying, I'm upset at you for this. I'm upset at you for doing this. I'm upset at you for yeah. doing this. Okay. That one's a little bit more emotionally intense than smiling at five people, but they both make you better and they make your interactions with others better, which then hopefully creates those ripple effects that spread across the universe. Mm -hmm. So you want to use an example from the book? Sure. Okay, choose a day. Um, how about your birthday? My birthday, March 29th. March 29th, okay. Do, do, do. March 31st. March 29th. Oh, this is a good one. Uh oh. A champion <laughs> is someone who gets up when he can. Jack Dempsey. So think ah, about that. If every time okay, that you're yeah. knocked down, you get back up, whether it's something at work, whether it's a relationship with a significant other, whether it is a friend that's having some issues, whether it's even physical, like you're recovering from an injury. Mm -hmm. If every time you get knocked down, you push yourself back up and get off the canvas and keep fighting, guess what? You can't lose. And so we discuss wow. about it. And I talk about like Rocky and I talk about Steve Jobs and Brett Favre and James Buster uh -huh. Douglas. And so here's the action item for that day. Don't give up today. Go one more round. <laughs> so 
pulling from Jack Dempsey there. If you get knocked down, okay, you can get knocked down. Don't stay down. Yeah. And I don't care if that's your physical or your emotional situation or your career, you get knocked down, get back mm-hmm. up again. No, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So every single day huh. throughout the book, there's things like that. And yeah. so somebody reading that passage is going to bring their experiences That's right. to that and yes. then find within there the pearl that they need for that day. Yeah. No, that's, um, yeah, I, I did, <clears throat> excuse me. I, like I told you, I, I did read through mm-hmm. part of it, you know, um, and, uh, and I, I really liked, I really liked it. I, um, you know, it, uh, it made me stop and think. You know. and that's a good thing. Yeah. That made you stop and think. The question is, did you then act on those thoughts? Uh, no. So <laughs> that's... because I was kind of skimming. I wasn't, okay. you know, I wasn't actually, oh, okay, this is for today. This is for tomorrow. You know, there were too many of them that I kind right. of. So that's through. why I tell people, so, this is like your multivitamin. Take it yeah. every single every day. day. Yeah. So yeah. I get up, I have my cup of coffee. And I start my uh, coffee pot because I have uh-huh. half a cup. And then I have fresh coffee ready to go. So I prime the pump. I sit uh-huh. down. I read either the Daily Stoic or Robert Greene's Daily Laws. And uh-huh. then I read my page from the book. Even though I wrote the thing, yeah. I still read it every single day. It's like, ooh, that's going to be tough to do. Ooh, that makes me think. So yeah. even though this is my creation, I brought this forward. Uh-huh. Doesn't mean that I can't benefit from it every yeah. single day like other individuals. And I'm actually in a discussion group right now that one of my friends put together uh-huh. where every single day they post the page from that day uh-huh. and there's discussion around it throughout the entire day. Wow. That's neat. What a nice what a neat idea. Huh? Yeah. And so huh. some of the people in this group are 22 year olds just out of college. Uh-huh. And so their perspective is very, very different than mine as a almost 50 year old guy with three kids. And so what they're seeing in it is very different than what I'm seeing, but I can learn from them. And so I become yeah. better. And that's the entire idea. Yeah. 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 And them, and vice versa. Hmm. You know, they can, they can get your point of view on it as well. Yeah, and whenever they ask, well, what do you think about, you know, here, John, I'm like, well, what do you think? And I turn it back on them because you know, I don't want them to get emotionally or mentally lazy. I want to hear and make them go through the work to uh-huh. develop the yeah. answers because then those answers are so much more meaningful than me handing them to them. Yes, yes. And and that they'll do something with it, mm-hmm. you know, especially if they if they see something, get an insight Exactly. There's a mental bias where if you solve a problem, if you build something like Ikea, if Mm -hmm. you contribute to something, it has a much higher psychological value to you. And that's one of the reasons why the book is structured as it is, is it's not me standing there on my soapbox giving you all the answers because I have Mm -hmm. no right to do that. Mm -hmm. I do, however, have the right to help make you think and give you questions and some guidance to do what's appropriate for you and your situation right. to achieve yes. what you want out of life. Absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I think in some ways that's, that's, 
what comes to mind is that a lot of parents with their kids say, oh, well, you need to do this. Oh, but you should do that, right? And other than don't touch the stove kind of stuff, um, it it's much more life-changing if the kids, if you can have a discussion with the kids and the kids see from their own point of view, <clears throat> yeah, no, that that's not the right way for me to do it. Um, and that that stays with them a lot longer than than um, us older people saying, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Oh, yeah. When I told my mom that I wasn't going to remain a physicist, that I was going to go and build a finance career, she cried. She's like, I thought you were going to go be a physicist with Carl. I could, And it was 10 plus years later where she's like, yeah, I think you made the right choice. And then when I went and took this part of my quest of being a consultant and a writer, she's like, oh, you know, why don't you get your PhD? I'm so disappointed. I'm like, mom, I've got four master's degrees, okay? And yes, I will get my PhD eventually because I'm tired of my friends, you know, calling each other doctor and not calling me that. Uh, Oh, that's different. That's a different issue. (laughs) Yeah. And do you want me to lie on your couch again and talk about it? But you know, I will do it my way, but it will be not necessarily in a subject that it was imposed upon me. It will be something that I've discovered gives me true meaning and I'll be doing it my way and I'll be able to make a better contribution to the universe than I could just being yet another lab rat. And so this is one of the things that I try and teach my kids is that I'm going to give you parameters and there's going to be some hard limits. You know, don't cross this line because it's dangerous or it's morally wrong or what have you. But within that, it's your job to figure it out. And over time, that space expands as their knowledge base expands. And I have just two real parameters with them. I don't care about my kids' grades. And this sounds weird because I remember my dad saying, well, you only got a 98. Why it wasn't a 99? Yes, I'll lay on your couch. Uh, but I just tell my kids, I care about two things. I care about your effort. And I care about your attitude. Because if you have a good attitude towards what you're doing, even if you hate it, even if it's like cleaning out the stalls, it's going to be done right. And you're going to learn from it and you're going to grow from it. And if you give me your best effort. I don't care if all you got was a 74, but that was the absolute best that you could do because you were yeah. doing, you know, it's outside your normal parameters and you did everything you could leading mm-hmm. up to it. Mm-hmm. I'm more happier with that than a 99 where you're screwed around and you didn't give your best effort. Yeah. And they know it. And so if I do nothing else as their father, I've laid that groundwork for them to be able to grow and develop as good human beings and help other individuals out. That's not that bad. No, I think that's pretty, excuse me. I think that's pretty good. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. You know, and, and I would add one, one other thing that um, I think we all need to remember and teach to people relate or whatever to people that, that we work with that we, you know, kids, whatever, and that's that they're okay. You know, um, there's so much in our society um, and culture that tells people that they're broken. And it 
you know, and that's, that's not true. We're all okay. And, and even if you're broken, how are you working <laughs> to repair that? There's a Japanese uh, artwork called uh, Kutsugi, where mm -hmm. if something's broken, like a mm -hmm. bowl or whatever, mm -hmm. they repair it, yeah. but they don't repair it perfectly. They actually right. use gold or silver and highlight where the break was. Uh -huh. And that actually makes these things more beautiful. We are all broken human yeah. beings, period, case closed. If you're not broken, then you haven't lived through the past 50 years mm -hmm. or even the past 50 weeks, right? It's constant. We are evolving and we get broken and we rebuild ourselves every single day, just like a muscle is broken down and it builds up and it becomes stronger. Just like a human being's mentality, we get beaten down, we learn from it, we grow, we recover. That's just the way it is. So uh, going back to the Jack Dempsey quote on uh -huh. your birthday, if you stay down, you're beat. But if you right. get back up and learn from your previous things and grow and change and evolve, that's the way to happiness yeah yeah and i yeah well we don't need to have a philosophical discussion on this but um we could at yeah. some point that'd it's, be fun yeah yeah that's true that's true yeah and and i guess where i'm coming from is is a very similar place right it's just that that um no matter what happens you're still okay you're still breathing that's, so you're not that's beating. right you're still breathing that's right you know that that's that's where i'm saying that yep. you know we're all we're all at we'll get base. through this we'll get yeah. through this yeah yeah exactly exactly you know so anyways okay well we should probably i guess wrap up here soon Can i say um, something quick yes please i was just going to say if you'd like to uh kind of wrap it up and and uh, well you know, i wanted what, to say thank like. you susan uh -huh. for bringing me uh -huh. on and giving me the chance to talk to your people and hopefully help some of them out and to further help them you know we talked about the book they can uh -huh. get the book on my website everyday-excellence.com but if they use I'll the code put that in the and i'll put that in the show notes right mta50 if they use that code they can get a 10 percent discount off of the electronic copies of the book okay m m is in mary yep m is in mary okay okay so m t a 50 we'll get Got a 10 percent discount so they can okay. have access to the full version of this and be able to go on their own journey of excellence yeah and so okay. that's a thank you for bring me on and have oh. such a wonderful conversation well, thank you yeah no it was it, i really enjoyed it i really very much um so okay well let me um close as i always have to do which is that this is um not medical advice i'm not a doctor if you're having a medical problem please go see a doctor or go to the emergency room and with all of that said um, I think that's about it and we will wrap up and I will see everybody next week and thank you very much Joe for coming on it's been a very very interesting discussion Susan the pleasure is mine be excellent mm -hmm. and grow today oh thank you I like that 
This has been Healthy Tips After 50 with Susan Rosen. To stay on the cutting edge of the most effective health strategies, subscribe to this podcast and let us know what you thought of the show with a comment or like on iTunes. Visit HealthyTipsAfter50.com for this episode's show notes, more resources, and free offers.